I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, July 27, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, first, what we're going to do is focus also on what we have on the docket this week, which is Kabuki Theater. Why is that important? And by the way, what is Kabuki Theater? Kabuki Theater is the FOMC announcement. The Fed meets periodically, several times a year. They meet on a Tuesday, culminating on a Wednesday. They come out with an FOMC, or Federal Open Market Committee meeting, announcement on interest rates. Following that, the Fed chairman now has a press conference where he answers fake questions. One of the reasons why this is called Kabuki Theater is because in and around this time, the market tends to get real volatile. Volatility spikes, the market gets whippy, the chart looks like an EKG around the announcement Wednesday afternoon. It doesn't happen like that every time, it happens like that a lot of the time. What happens Tuesday? Tuesday, as the meeting gets underway, the market gets relatively quiet. There's an air of uncertainty in the air leading up to the announcement that everybody's waiting on the edge of their chairs for, even though the announcement is really never a surprise. What is a surprise, however, and this is the awareness part, what is a surprise is just because a lot of people out there may think they know exactly what the Fed is or is not going to do, is or is not going to say, and who knows what it is. It doesn't really make any difference. That doesn't mean we know how the market's going to react. Sometimes the market goes up, all of a sudden an hour later or the next morning, it's going back down, and or vice versa. So therefore, all that stuff in a bucket, we deemed it kabuki theater. What else do we have on the daily chart? You see a couple of lines squeezed together on the daily chart. That's not really important from a daily chart perspective. It comes from inside the numbers. We'll get into that later. Let's discuss what we have on the daily chart. First things first, what's the trend? The trend is up. The trend is your friend until it's not. Last week and in the weekend video, we talked about 319. Now the market came close to 319 last week never got there, now it's trading in the other direction. We're going to look at 319 if they do come down as a rope-a-dope. They're unlikely to stop at 319 on a drop sooner than later. When might we see the drop? Well, we could see it any time. Is it likely or unlikely at this point before the Fed announcement? It's probably unlikely before the Fed announcement at present. What's the other side of a drop? Well, it's heading up north. What's up north? You have a breakdown candle that was created last week. It's common, normal, garden variety behavior for the market to try and climb up or creep up or even spike up to the top of said breakdown candle. What's the top? Around 327. Are they likely to get up there before the Fed announcement? Not sure probably put it in the unlikely camp. We don't know. We're just talking around things. Could they get up to 325 and make it look like they're going higher? Absolutely. Why did I bring up 325? What's the importance of 325? 
how can I see that on the daily chart? Well, I can't see it on the daily chart. It's on another chart, which is all the more reason why we look at a variety of charts when we look around the horn, whether it's at the same market or other markets, we have to look at a variety of different time frames. How about the hourly chart? All of a sudden, we see another breakdown candle. What's the high? 325. You just envision this. For example, on Tuesday, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon, or whether it's another day, if the market is climbing up intraday to the top of that breakdown candle, it's around 325. Is it common garden variety market behavior to at least find some initial resistance on the first run? We quote it overhead resistance. Is that normal garden variety market behavior? Even if they just stop and go sideways for a while, eating time off the clock, stopping for a cup of coffee. At minimum, we're likely to see overhead resistance around 325. Let's swing over to inside the numbers. There wasn't much of a pre-market commentary today. There was nothing going on. The market was just floating around. So I put a chart up on the board with those same lines that you just saw on the daily chart. However, this is the 60-minute chart that we just left behind. So as you might imagine, early on, this is before the opening bell. This is the early thoughts. We're already talking about 322.50, to 323. What were those horizontal lines? 322.50 to 323. Now, you'll also notice if you can see from this chart, and you probably can't, it's probably too small. Either way, we know this as a matter of fact. If the market is opening higher than it closed on Friday, there's a gap left open from Friday's close. Do they sometimes run down to fill the gap? You better believe it. Now, Past the early thoughts, even still before the opening bell, if they run up to the earlier cited resistance around SPY 322.50 to 3.23, they shouldn't get much above without being met by the bears and some overhead resistance. Now, we're looking for that if they did spike up right out of the gate. But 9.30, what about on a drop? First support is 320.85 then 320.45, not that far behind. We know the routine, 5-minute SPY chart, right of the vertical, today's activity. Look at the first candle of the day. Opening print, 321.63. The gap was down at 320.86.85. They run down, fill the gap, bounce right off of it, take off from there, and go to what? 322.50 to 323.00. What was supposed to happen up at 322.50 to 323? Overhead resistance. So net-net, technically speaking, we got them both. Moving right along, what you'll see is the same type of theme that we generally see. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read what the notes say, go back to the charts, and see what happened after the fact. It's easier for those that want to see what's going on, how the market is analyzed during the day, and if, in fact, this information will be helpful to you as an individual. It's easier for you to pause and double-check the work for yourself. You can see once back above or once above 322.50, it becomes support. They go to 323, make a high of 322.97, no surprise. And we were looking for, and you would have seen this earlier in the notes, 
we were already focused on the awareness was we're looking for an early to mid-morning pivot. Where did that pivot take place? Up in the resistance zone. Where should it take place? Up in a resistance zone. Sounds logical? Yes, that's because it is. I'm no genius here. The rest of it you can pause, you can read for yourself, go back and double check my work. Another teachable moment as things were rather quiet in the afternoon, we bring out and dust off a 30-minute chart. Moving right along. And we move into the end of the day. And at this point, we generally take a look at stocks on the move. But stocks on the move today was shooting a blank. We had some opportunity on the board. Everything remained open. Nothing came into their price target. We want to make these trades at our prices, not somebody else's. Therefore, nothing hit today. It is what it is. Quiet Monday for stocks on the move. It will pick up. We are in the heart of earnings season, and we're going to get a ton of earnings between the closing bell on Monday all week long, morning and afternoon. There are trade opportunities coming around the corner. What you'll also notice if you read the notes were we were discussing the possible end of the day jam session and where the market might get to into the end of the day. And what was noted in the notes, and you'll see it a couple of times in there, was around 323.41 to 323.50. So let's go see what the high today was into the end of the day. High in this candle, 323.41. High of day, 323.41. How you doing? Just in case we have a couple of Mrs. Doubtfires out there, 323.41 on the board, 3.05 p.m. What about the flip side, just as a just-in-caser, what happens if they smash this thing early in the morning or at some point in time? Does anything change from what we discussed in the previous video? And the answer is no. We have 319, but we know about the rope-a-dope situation, so we look lower. We look for a spike through the 20-period moving average, somewhere in between the earlier cited numbers, like around 316, down to 312, which would be the low of the same candle from the 14th. The low is on the button, 312. So that story stays the same. What about Camp IWM? Has anything changed? No, it's still bullish. Above the moving averages, they're hovering right above, eating time off the clock, right above the 200 period moving average. The other ones are sloping up. This is resident to the daily chart. We already know about 150. We hit 150. If they go back up, is 150 going to be the same type of resistance it was before? Or is it going to be less of a resistance area and the target would likely be somewhere higher, like around this gap or double top area coming in right around 152.5 to 153? And that's really the answer. It's the latter story. You, of course, knew that as I was describing it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked the question that way. Everybody was getting excited about the VIX over the last couple of days. There's not much really to get excited about until and unless it gets above certain prices we've discussed before. 30 is really the bogey. They need to get above 30 to make some hay in terms of the upside or northern case for the VIX. Below that, they're just beaten into the moving averages in a downtrend the trend is your friend until it's not right now in the vix the trend is the opposite of the s p it's down what about the folks down at the transportation department now the same story applies here that we just discussed in the iwm look at the chart 
the daily chart is basically eating time off the clock, having a cup of coffee, and it's been a while, and some crawlers. Above all the moving averages, they're building energy to run higher. Remember the rope-a-dope situation here. They missed the gap. The gap happens to be right at 99.66 and change. They missed it by like less than 20 points before. On the next time up, it's unlikely they stop at the gap. Nice healthy update for the folks out in Silicon Valley. Almost 2% up in the queues, but make no mistake about it, that upcoming breakdown candle high will be, quote-unquote, overhead resistance. Call it 264.5 up to 265 and a quarter, 265 if you're rounding. And by the way, it's a healthy number from where it closed Monday. Flip side, start closing hourly or daily below 255. No dice for the bulls. It's likely they're going lower down not only below the 250, but likely toward that second number down at 242, give or take. Remember, this was supportive already. This was technically the highest end or higher end of the most recent breakout area. Coming back in there, and I know 255 is above that, but I don't want to see them for other reasons closing daily or even hourly below 255. If they come back into this south of, I should say, former breakout area, then they're likely to come down toward the lower portion of the same breakout area and would likely and normally would be still supportive unless they're on some kind of a crash course. There's a lot of stuff going on from a support perspective down around the low 240s. What about the financials? We know the story. Without the financials, the market's not likely to get very far in either direction. There was a slight divergence today, so it has to be a puzzle piece. It is on the table. But when we look at the daily chart, notwithstanding the fact that ultimately they're likely to make some kind of a lower high and go lower, but they can still go higher first. They're above these moving averages. They're eating time off the clock. And nothing says, obviously, if the rest of the market's going to push higher, the financials can certainly push higher along the way. There's a gap down below about, what is it now? 23.68. They didn't get there today. They reversed up in the other direction. The more they play around with those gaps, the less we like them when they finally do get there. Just saying. About Smash Mouth, up 4% today. Good indicator of the tech space. Is it likely everything's going to fall apart if the semiconductor space is screaming higher, tech space is going higher, IWM is making a bullish pattern, the transports are making a bullish pattern? Is it likely the market's going to fall apart or is it likely, at least in the very short term, meaning between current prices as of the close of Monday and the Fed announcement Wednesday afternoon. Is it likely the market's going to fall apart with all that stuff going on? Or is that stuff, the actual duck, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, is it trading higher into the Fed announcement? A distinct possibility. And the answer is, it's certainly a possibility. It's on the table. Can they pull the rug out after the Fed announcement? Of course they can. We've seen it a hundred times, a thousand times. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. Little bit condensed tonight, possibly because we did have a weekend video that did review a lot of stuff. This is everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss, so we will pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.